Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noel, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Jamie Matashek, CEO of Bloom, Bloom Communications in Austin, Texas, and you can be found at bloomscommunications.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. So I'm really interested in your personal journey. Uh, I know that for a long time you were involved in marketing and PR um, on the on the client side, and now you're on the agency side. Tell us tell us all about that story. Yes. Yeah, so I I started out in marketing in my 20s, which has been a, a bit ago. Um, <laughs> but I was the 22nd hire at a an, actually a marketing firm in Dallas, Texas. And really just loved marketing and advertising. We had a huge focus at that agency on consumer packaged goods and consumer market research, building websites for some really cool brands like General Mills Cheerios and Crest and uh, Clairol and some of those those fun brands. And I, I worked there for quite a bit of time, over seven years, and then decided to make the move to Austin. And unfortunately, I decided to move uh, right after 9-11. So that was, you know, the move was already planned. And then here we were, you know, going through this, you know, horrible tragedy that we were all faced with. And, you know, as you're fully aware, and most people are, many businesses just completely stopped marketing. Flatlined for a long time. They pulled back, you know, it wasn't part of the budget anymore. And so it was very difficult uh, to find a job in Austin, Texas, uh, in, in the marketing space. There weren't too many agencies. Austin wasn't then what it is now. It wasn't the tech sector. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, cutting edge from, an, uh, from a marketing and advertising standpoint. So it was difficult to find work. And so thankfully, I got to um, stay on with my my current agency, and I, I worked remote. So I made a three-hour drive twice a week uh, between Austin and Dallas, uh, but eventually landed uh, at an agency here in Austin. And so I, I, I tend to stay. It's, it's seven years was the mark <laughs> for my for the first part of my career. Um, so I stayed at that agency for seven years, and uh, that was really focused around more of uh, direct marketing, but had a technology bent. So they developed a platform where organizations like franchises and real estate agents and corporations could order marketing materials through a platform online. We developed an app. Um, and so I, I was able to get exposure into in some, of, some of those areas in direct marketing as well. Hmm. So, so what took you to Bloom? Well, I, I actually met our founder at that agency in Austin. I was sent by the company to go learn PR real quick. Um, and I laughed because 
you can't just go learn PR in a week. <laughs> um, but I met our, the founder and owner of Bloom and that started a relationship. Um, I walked right up to her on the second day and I said, can I just hire you to do our PR? And of course the answer was yes. And I just took Bloom wherever I, I traveled in my career journey um, and I always joked with her uh, and said, you know, someday I'm going to work for you. I'm going to work for you someday. Um, so in between that time frame, I went, uh, I went client side. I worked at a fitness organization, a startup here in Austin. And then I landed back on uh, the agency side. It was sort of an internal agency that I built and developed for um, a student housing organization uh, in Austin. And, and then I experienced a layoff and then I was sort of sitting there like many do, um, you know, I was the president of the organization just was laid off and thinking, okay, now what? <laughs> um, so I went for a year on my own journey and did, um, some consulting. I did, um, a, a lot of work for various organizations, met some great people. And then Brianna contracted me to come in and really start working on some of the operational improvements. So looking at their organizational chart and job descriptions and developing profiles for team members. And uh, throughout that experience, she had been meeting with her board of directors and kept saying, I really need this operations executive. I need a COO. I don't know where I'm going to find one. And I knew many of the board members. And I think one of them actually had my resume in hand and said, you know, you need to hire Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was sort of the aha moment for her. And, uh, and that is how I landed at Bloom. Wow. Had you had you had any C-level experience before starting there? I did. Yes. I had the prior agency I worked for for uh, in Austin, I was the president of the organization. That was when we got laid off. Yes. So what exactly does Bloom Communications do? What's its business? We are an integrated communications company. And so we really focus on a multitude of areas in communications, one being research. So we start with research on most of our client accounts, whether that's where, you know, we're focused on an internal communications project or uh, organization is hiring us to come in and really look at what do we need to be doing from a branding uh, perspective? What do we need to be doing from a marketing perspective? And so we do quite a bit of research. We have a focus on public relations work um, a variety of marketing work, uh, so traditional marketing as well as digital and creative design and support, um, and so sort of a, a broad mix of integrated comms. And one of our specialties is also crisis communications, oh. so helping organizations really have a plan in place before a crisis hits. Always a good idea. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, those are the areas that that we focus on. And, uh, and I'll say um, we were founded, Brianna McKinney, our founder and owner, really wanted to found a different kind of agency and began to focus first on nonprofits. Oh. So we have traditionally done quite a bit of work for nonprofits. 
and then all expanded that into working with for-profits that have a give back component. So it's really important to us as we're having those conversations to understand how are you focused on giving back, you know, to your internal team members, to the community around you, um, that because, you know, we want to, we want to use business to Im impact the world around us and to do good in our communities. So you want to, you, you, you're, you'll take clients, but as long as they demonstrate that they are being their givers and not yeah. takers, you'll represent them. That's right. What, what makes, what makes, what skill sets you bring to the table unique? What is it about you, Jamie, that is unique and different? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> I would say that I have a operational mindset. So one of the skills that I have is being able to come into an organization and look at what's what's working, what isn't, and be able to clearly and quickly outline where do we need to adjust culture, communication, team skill sets. Um, you know, and I think those are those are really some main categories of focus is being able to look at an organization and determine like, well, you know, maybe it's been stagnant or maybe, maybe it's not growing and finding out the why, and then being able to quickly impart change. Um, so that, that, that is something I would say is unique uh, for me. And I always like to share from my perspective, my mindset is very unique. Um, Tell us more about that. <laughs> So to me, what I have found throughout my career is mindset's everything. You as an executive leader cannot sit in this seat and have a negative outlook. Right. It does not mean you don't get rocked or you don't, you're not challenged, but I don't stay there. So when a challenge surfaces, I am immediately looking at, okay, this is a challenge. It's something we have to overcome and we're going to move into overcoming. And I think that's really important as an executive leader, because people are looking to us. You know, I have a team of people that are looking to me to encourage them, to allow them to step into their passions and their desires for their own career. And they're looking to me to make sure they're supported. Their families are supported. Right. And if I sit and wallow in a challenging situation, that's not going to help anyone. I mean, the, I mean, the three psychological services that a leader provides to a group is focus, direction, and safety, and mm -hmm. and emotional safety being the most important of all the safeties. And and so, in crisis situations or when there are challenges, I can just I agree with you. If you if you get sucked into negativity, how are you going to provide focus, direction, and safety for people? You can't, and the organization will suffer because of that. So true. Yeah, I love I love that. I don't think I've I've heard that put so well. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> I teach this stuff, so <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a my background's pretty varied too. Um, um, so, so in what is it about? I I was just I I was going to go off on this train, and then you got me back on the leadership principles. Um, what about what kind of clients does? Bloom services. There are are there particular niches that it, niches that it, it specializes in. I know you talked about the nonprofit sector, um, but for profit, I mean, Austin has got just it's got everything. I mean, it's a microcosm of the world these days. Yes, it is. Um, I would you know I would say our 
our strength is business to consumer. Okay. Um, so any sort of product that a consumer is going to buy, um, you know, consumer packaged goods. We we've worked with clients in the healthcare space. So providing a service, but it's business to consumer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that healthcare space, we've worked with breweries. Those are always fun. <laughs> so yes. A fun product, you know. Uh -huh. um, Especially when they bring the beer in for the tasting, right? You got to taste the product to figure it out. <laughs> yes, you know, that's what, what definitely, that's, that's, that's part of our, our contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and, and we have worked with some business to business. It's just really determining what aspect. So I, I would say we don't try to be all things to, to all people. So from a, you know, a business to business standpoint, you know, we can really help from more of a PR and thought leadership perspective and internal communications, um, really across the board for any organization. And we have really seen that internal communications is lacking, especially in the economy we are, we are in right now, where companies are experiencing layoffs, pay cuts, furloughs. Um, and they realize like, oh gosh, we haven't, we don't have a system in place where we've, we've determined what are we communicating and how are we communicating um, so, so, so part of so part of what you do is help companies work on their own internal communications and messaging, mm -hmm. especially in times like this that are pretty challenging. Because um, yeah. I know I'm reading in the news a lot about about the mistakes that apparently, because you never know, but but it appears to be that executives are not doing a good job communicating with their with their employee staff, and so people are getting weird messages or no messages or Yes. Bad messages, which yes. can only come back to damage the company's reputation. Mm -hmm. And so I take it what you guys are doing is helping companies prevent that from happening. Are, are most of your clients located in Austin or in, in Texas? They're, they're actually actually nationwide. We have three locations. Oh. So we're, we're located in Portland, Oregon, Austin, Texas, and Asheville, North Carolina. How do you keep all that under control? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny we we went 80/20 remote starting in the pandemic when all we had a you know we had office locations and we realized this is this is unnecessary the expense um and we really focused on you know getting people into their homes and we were already set up for remote work so we just transit transitioned really nicely and that makes it it makes it easy for our organization like us and the services that we provide because we yeah. can everything can be everything almost everything can be done virtually yes i know it's revolutionized everything it really has i mean i don't i don't go to in-person meetings at all anymore <laughs> but then i don't get to you know i mean the beauty about zoom and podcasting i get to talk to wonderful smart people like you from all over the world yeah yeah it's pretty amazing technology really well, let's pivot a little bit. I'm I'm all about listening. Um, I teach listening skills. I teach people how to de-escalate anger and build trust and loyalty, teach leadership empathy. How important is listening in your business? It is really, really important. And I think we saw that more so in the pandemic. I think it really uncovered for us and probably many executives 
how we were set up to listen or not, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. And mostly not, I think. And mostly not. And that's mostly and, not experience, right. Yeah. And so we, you know, a, a lot, a part of our communication culture was born during the pandemic and really seeing the need for connection uh, in absence of being in person. Um, and some of the things that we implemented, you know, one was we do a pulse survey each year to our staff. Um, and because we, we ask them key questions, we ask them key questions. Uh, what's important to them? What's working? What's not? Is the information they're receiving, the information they're desiring to learn and know? Um, how can we improve? You know, all of those types of questions. And we've gotten great input and feedback from our staff. Um, so that survey goes out once a year. We have one-on-one -on -one checkpoints from, from the executive team. So not just manager to, you know, team member or team member to team member. I actually have calls with every single person on my team at least twice a year um, to check in, same, how's it going? So you're meeting with every single employee? Every employee. Twice a uh, year, that's really amazing, that's great. And, um, and when you do those calls, I, I presume you're like Zoom calls, mm -hmm. uh, what are you listening for? Because what people say and what they mean are two different things. Right, <laughs> um, I'm mainly wanting them to know I'm available. Uh, and there's connection there. Um, I'm listening for challenges. I'm listening for, you know, things that are happening on the personal side. You know, if they want to share, I want to know what are your what are your what are the things that are you're dreaming about? What are the things you want to step into? Is there something that you're interested in doing at the company that you haven't had an opportunity to? Well, let's talk about it. Um, so you know that that is the focus of those conversations. Um, and there's so many other opportunities where we are listening to our team members, but those are two core things I would say we we implemented and have really been uh, received well by our team and they appreciate it. They uh, Their voice is heard. Yeah, well, you're doing something that's very unique and rare for a CEO. I know, I mean, you're not, I know you're not a huge company, but still to take the time to talk to everybody at least twice a year, um, I always teach executives, you've got to be working at least two to three levels down and having personal contact with everybody at least two to three levels below you. And, and you've got to be cultivating your replacement at all times. Um, because you, one, you never know what's going to happen to you. But two, if, if you're not growing the people below you, they're going to leave and go somewhere else where they can't grow. Right. And so what you're doing is very unusual. Um, what about what about listening to your clients? I was just about, you know, I was just about to tack on yeah. with, you know, we do the same thing for our clients because I think one of the things we realized since the pandemic is we lost that connection with our clients even. And, you know, we were talking about in-person meetings. We've made that um, a part of our client touch points again this year and it's it's been fantastic you know clients want to work with people they like right we want to work with people we enjoy <laughs> being around right and um you know the more we can be in front of them and getting to know them as individuals is really important and so yes we do that 
from a, a Zoom, you know, remote perspective, but where it is possible, we meet in person and we meet in person once a quarter with our clients. Um, and we want to go broad and deep within the organization. You know, when you just have a contact on the Bloom side and a contact on the client side, well, someone leaves or that's something happens. The relationship. That's it. Yeah. So that's pretty smart. We we're working to build those, you know, I would say deep and wide within right. both Bloom and on the client side. And how do the clients? How do the clients? Um, how do they like the fact that you're willing to invest in and in go broad and deep with them? They love it, um, you know, because it's it's what we used to do way back in the day, right? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, here's this novel idea. I should have a relationship with the people that I'm working with. Right. And so they've really, um, again, like same as employees, you know, we all want our voices to be heard and they, the same, like, they're loving that their voices are heard. They're getting to share their ideas, their challenges, you know, it gives them an opportunity to tell us how, what's working, what's not from their business standpoint and where we can then brainstorm together on where do we need to shift and change and pivot. Um, and so, yeah, we've been getting really great feedback. Yeah. The one thing, the one thing that I've learned in my work is that the, the number one need that human beings have is the need to be heard. Mm. And it's amazing how few people feel like they've really been listened to and heard at a deep level. And when you can meet that need, they, they will follow you anywhere and go yeah. anywhere. Um, and it's just surprising to me how few people understand this deep, deep, deep need to be heard. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back, I won't go off, and it goes back to childhood programming and what happens in childhood or parents, you know, the whole rubric of children should be seen and not heard, right? Yes, I yes. Think, I think it goes back to that where people just don't feel like they've ever been appreciated or supported. So what you're doing, is of course going to work because you're listening, your clients are feeling heard and they're feeling appreciated and supported. And of course they're going to follow you anywhere you know, because they're getting a fundamental need. Now. That, that is definitely the hope. <laughs> it sounds like you're really successful. How do you go about recruiting um, new people into the organization? From a, a team member perspective? Yeah. You know, ultimately we want to rely on referrals because those are the best that you know that becomes the best team members yep. always uh, and we're you know we we want to be what i've i've kind of started to explain describe as allied resources with our clients so you're not just you're not just my client or my vendor partner or a, a connection um it's i want to be your allied resource so Yes, how could I help you with integrated communications? Of course. But how can I help you find your next hire? Right. I want to be able to ask you how you can help me find my next hire. Right. Um, so that is our first go-to is relationships, referrals. Um, it's We found it really difficult when we have to go the online job posting route. It's painful it's hard and we just don't it's it's interesting to see how things shifted in the last three years even where we we would put out a a, a job description and an opening and we would have so many resumes that's how do you even sift through them and and 
there is 98% BS and 2% gold, right? Right. <laughs> and and the time the time that it takes to sift through all of that. Yes. And then something shifted and, and we just don't get the influx of resumes the way we used to. Now I'm interested to see if that's going to change in this current economy, but uh, that has been, you know, recruiting the right people is is a challenge. I think uh, other executives that I've talked to on this podcast all say that they're besides providing focus, direction, and safety, their their number one concern is recruiting, mm. hiring good people because they uh, they keep explaining to me that if you hire a good person, and that person knows how to hire. So you're not only hiring for skills, but you're hiring people who can also hire. They can they are, they have an eye for talent. Your business can scale. But if you if you're not hiring people who can hire, and you don't have hire people who know how to hire, then you'll never scale because you'll constantly be churning your churning your your employee base. I thought that was very interesting. That is absolutely hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that one of the mistakes leaders make is hiring people, all people that look just like them and yep. not just a physical standpoint, but it's personality and that's a mistake. And so, you know, we, we try to solve for that by using, we use the disc. I don't know if you've heard of disc mm-hmm. to, and we profile individuals that are in the interview process so we can then compare, we know all of our team members and their discs, and we can compare like, okay, what is their manager? Who are their team members? You know, How is this person going to fit in with the disc profile of X? And are we getting diversity, you know, in uh, our organization? I, of- I, can't, I can't emphasize how important diversity is. My second book was called Sex, Politics, and Religion at the Office, The New Competitive Advantage, way ahead of its time. But it was how, yeah. to, how to lead diversity in an office how as a leader do you manage diversity and all the conflicts that diversity creates if it's not managed properly and what we learned my co-author john bogart and i learned is that leaders don't like diversity because it, it they don't know how to manage conflict and so the the inevitable conflict that comes up when you have di- different very diverse values and beliefs and that in a workplace is requires a different kind of management different kind of leadership skill that most people don't have. And so that's why, to your point, people will try to hire themselves because they're more comfortable with it. Right. And they're, they have anxiety and discomfort around hiring difference. So it's great to hear that, you know, you're really seeking out diversity mm-hmm. because you're going to get a lot more creative, a lot more, you want to hear, you want to hear the outliers. Those are the people you want to protect. They're the ones that are going to be wrong 99% of the time, but that 1% of the time is going to make you a billion dollars. <laughs> you know, you gotta pay attention. Yeah, we want you know we want to hire people that are going to be you know our our client base is diverse, and so we we need that diversity in thought. You it's got you, you exactly. You want the client to see what the client's seeing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we come to the end of the half hour. I got one more question for you. I always end on this question. What is one? This is personal. What is one thing about you that we would never know unless you revealed it to us? Wow. That's a good question. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's why I ask it. Every single interview, I get the same, the same response. Sort of startle surprise. 
Well, I I would say um, before we jumped on our, our podcast, I mentioned it briefly is that I'm I'm embarking on writing my first book. There you go. And uh, it's a personal story of my own trial and overcoming through divorce uh-huh. and helping women specifically uh, realize that divorce is not the end and that yeah. mindsets can you have a choice of what mindsets you embrace to move you forward, but really just a a book of encouragement to talk about, you know, those healthy mindsets that I brought into my life and then be able to encourage people to step into their true passions and their dreams. That's great. Um, I, yeah, I know that um, I went through a divorce too, and it was difficult. Uh, but it put me in a place where I've never been happier than I am right now. So I had to go through that to get to where I am today. And the other thing I'll I'll just say, the other thing I've learned through all this is when you can serve others, you will find fulfillment in life. Yes. That is is the meaning of life. And so in any small way you can help another person, then you help yourself. Yes, that is... 100% true. I fully embrace that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jamie. It's been a great talking to you. Thank you. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listeningwithleaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Knoll. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.